Hello there. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Hey, guys. Justin. Oh, oh what's again. up, Justin? Here again. What's going on? Mustache is looking shorter every time I see you. Yeah. yeah careful. Trim. Yeah, I'm trimming it. Yeah. Uh, stay, yeah I'm, I've been just going through different razors and uh, buzzers and grooming supplies and mm. trying to find out what works for me manscaping as right. the kids say yeah some people say that yeah yeah, yeah. um so it's not i haven't done it yet not working out yet okay is that what you did this weekend or is there is there more uh there's a bunch i did this weekend but there's only one like really important thing worth mentioning oh okay um is i went on the internet mm. and i filled out a form oh boy and sent money to uh to a municipality. Are you part of a cult now? To get my 4x4 fishing permit uh, beach access, Ooh. blah, 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 because it's March, son, because we're getting out of that winter. Ooh. Boy, spring runs coming. A plus. Get that bass, yo. So I want, you know, my fellow Jeep friends, um, I got to remind you. <laughs> no, let me go fishing first before that sound. It was supposed to be applause. I don't know what happened. Um, I forgot which is which. <laughs> They're not labeled. So y'all's with the Jeeps, uh, get get that uh, get that pass, man, because otherwise it'd be fishing. Wow, away, man. I nice. need to get on my game, man. The uh, socially distanced internet um, uh, fishing beach permit pass at, at, at uh, Comstead State Park this year. I got screwed on that deal, man. Uh, my dad got the pass, though, luckily. Um, they did, yeah, they used to have to go line up at 4 a.m. Now, anybody with a computer, it's open season. That you know, is correct. Yeah. yeah I've been blowing the sawdust off all my reels now. Ooh. Just mm. talking that fishing talk Polishing real early. The line. Real Polishing. early. I love it. We might have to cancel today's episode. Just go out there, do our thing. I, I smell every inch of the fishing line, all 400 yards of it. Because mm. yeah, you got to get ready. Mm. Very fresh. You got to start doing push ups and get ready. Good. Just, Tom, to hear it. Tom, are you what? Uh, did you get ready for anything this weekend? I did not. Uh, nothing fishing adjacent. I uh, did Ooh. add a mattress topper on my bed, so I'm sleeping higher now. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to add a little bit more. That's really the highlight of That's the weekend. Weekend seven feet off the ground. Uh, yeah, you're, I thought your mattress was already way too high, it, and now you're just going. You're just trying to like yes. gradually put like a inch by inch more. I I have I've allocated some of the funds I've been dumping into my vinyl collection into making my bed taller. You should just get a bunk bed and sleep on the top bunk, like, and just look at the ceiling. I want to dream in ceilings. I, <laughs> did you just name an early 2000s MySpace band, <laughs> Dream in Ceilings? <laughs> yeah, I That's did, a- actually. Shout out to them. Metal slash hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. That was metal, grindcore, hard- what, did, what did Big Chocolate say? It's got to say death metal, hardcore, grindcore. Yeah, dude, we had to cover those bases and then put samples on it. No, but oh. uh, seriously, not, not too much. Will, what's going on with you? Well, uh, I don't know if you guys are wondering why I resemble John Candy in his last movie, Wagons East, where he was dressed like a cowboy, um, wearing a size 4X uh, leather uh, suede duster and cowboy hat today. But um, I, uh, I was I just trying. I've yeah, been listening. I, I, maybe just we're glad I was wearing clothes uh, other than sweatpants and the same vomit remnant shirt. The, the tumbleweeds once. did follow yeah. you. In, inside Will, the Will finally took a shower and got some new gear. No, listen. I just I uh, I've been listening to a lot of um, overthrust. I've uh, immersed myself this weekend in research for tonight's very special episode. Uh, listening to uh, traditional metal of um, Botswana, uh, Metal Horizon. Um, Overthrust, Rust, Skin, all these great bands. Uh, you know, you might have seen this. Uh, you know, they 
a lot of a lot of the guys and the gals over there. They got the cowboy hats. They mm-hmm. it's, it's it's wild. The, the people are fascinated. Vice was over there, you know, back when they used to do. Uh, we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to get. Um, I wanted. To, I wanted. To, I wanted to see the 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 man behind the cowboy hat, and that's why tonight's guest. Uh, you know, we've taken you to Germany, we've taken you to Europe, we've taken you all over, but tonight we're going to Botswana, Africa to talk to Vulture Thrust of the band Overthrust. Oh, hell yeah. Beautiful yeah. thing, man. Yeah. Let me adjust my size 3X leather cowboy head. It's pleather by uh, Mary Bielik, uh Shout to Dirkada. It's, pl- it's all pleather. Size 4X pleather cowboy suit on your boy right now. Rootin, do Yeah. Shout out to our vegan uh, listeners. Um, but yeah. Uh, holler at Botswana, Africa, if you can. Uh, we're going to talk to Vulture Thrust from Overthrust. Thrust me onto this call. Whoa. Heavy Hole Podcast. This is Big Will. With me, as always, my co-hosts, Justin and Tom. And today, we are honored to have on the program Vulture Thrust, the bass player and singer of the band Overthrust from Botswana, Africa. Did I get all that correct, sir? That is correct, sir. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you being here. You're welcome. Uh, and, And just to begin... Um, you know, there has been a lot of coverage in various uh, outlets about the metal scene in Botswana uh, and the uh, heavy metal cowboys and that sort of thing. People obviously have seen that in uh, everywhere from Vice uh, to um, uh, the Svart Records Brutal Africa uh, compilation album, uh, the Heavy Metal Africa book. It's, it's been covered quite a bit, and we appreciate your time because today I want to try to get a little bit behind the story of Overthrust. Uh, and and get a little bit uh, deeper uh, look um, into the band. Uh, so as much as you're willing to share, we wanted to ask you. Uh, we know from our research that Botswana uh, and where you're from, it's it's uh, Ganzi. Yeah, Ganzi is the township that I actually started working there as a police officer, and that is where Overthrust originated. We started originate. Uh, we started Overthrust there, but uh, I'm actually originating uh, originally from Raikops uh, in the central part of Botswana. Okay, and and we know that uh, Botswana there's a lot of rural community and a lot of agriculture. That's correct, right? That is correct. Yeah. So something I wanted to ask, you know, everybody, um, uh, the uh, the idea of the the heavy metal cowboy look and the cowboy hats. Uh, you know, superficially, it's it's exciting to a lot of people, but with the cattle rearing culture, the farming culture, uh, has the idea of cowboy culture um, uh, been romanticized in Botswana before heavy metal, like westerns and that sort of thing? Yeah, actually, the the subculture uh, in in such a way part of uh, the fishing side of it, it has always been there before because. Uh, as Botswana, we are a cattle rearing, and uh, we do agriculture in general. So, uh, back in the days, even today, uh, we, we practice uh, horse riding and cattle rearing, 
and then we live the life of uh, cattle posts where our lives are mostly based uh, there with uh, with the cattle the cows everything the horses riding and then that is where our life is basically based on that one so we used to use the cow skin uh, to do some clothing and uh, particularly for horse riding when the, the for different uh, atmospheres and or weathers so our background it actually uh, symbolizes the cowboy life of style uh, then the heavy metal part of it, the connection came back uh, in the days around the 60s, 70s, when the when the Western culture uh, came to our country in Mau. So we have very good uh, corporations, very good work relationships that ended up into intermarriages with the Westerners, and then. We became one thing family and that's that is where the rock and roll and heavy metal music was introduced from generation to generation so it became also one of our subculture so from that uh, a noise rate band from lobaze emerged uh, their father was the first psychiatric doctor in botswana originating from italy uh, mr sobrana then his sons Ivo Sabrana and Ray, they started a rock and roll band, the first rock band in Botswana. That is where it all started. Then the second band came, it was Metal Horizon, then other bands followed suit, and that is how the scene was actually created. So the combination of the cowboy style and then the heavy metal style combined, and it went well. Most of that, as time goes on, there were, there were films of cowboys and there were action movies where metal music was played and then cowboy decide horse riding then we created some kind of a combination to come up with something that will become our identity bands like uh, mortal crew motorhead wasp uh, their dress code back in the days also had a major influence especially to the now generation so that is how it actually started that that's interesting. I I I saw that uh, connection there when I when I was trying to research the history of Botswana a little bit. Um, it's interesting to hear that. And you mentioned Metal uh, Horizon. Uh, people who've who've read um, the book, like I said, uh, uh, Heavy Metal Africa by Edward uh, Banks. If they want more info about uh, Metal Horizon, is it is it true uh, that there's a statue erected? For the um, uh, the singer, uh, we respectfully say uh, Spencer, uh, the vocalist of Metal Horizon, who's passed away, and he's revered as kind of a fallen soldier of metal uh, in the Botswana metal scene. Yeah, that is very true. He's actually he had actually a huge and major impact, and I'm sure if he was still alive, they will be having a, some more more and more advanced scene than now because Metal Horizon itself. After he passed away, I'm glad that they did not give up on the music. They actually tried by all means to keep the fire burning. And they released a new album uh, two years back, uh, Kings of Africa. So the the frontman now, uh, Santos, he's truly doing whatever he can. But uh, 
for some years he has not been feeling well. I've been keeping in touch regularly with him and I'm glad that he told me that now he's becoming better. Uh, he's recovering very well. Hopefully after the pandemic you will see more of Metal Horizon. Uh, personally, SO Overthrust, we have had uh, much influence from Metal Horizon, the Noise Road and the Rust. So they have actually groomed us and the other local artists who, who, who are available but with uh, different genres. Well, you, you mentioned, and you know, we talked about the history of metal in Botswana uh, a little bit. I want to get into your personal history of metal, and you mentioned the band Rust for the listeners. That's W-R-U-S-T. Um, and is it true that uh, a member of Rust, uh, Stux, is the one who first played you, Morbid Angel and Hellchild? Yeah. Uh, personally, my background, my metal background, uh, Firstly, I come from a, a heavy metal family where I have my father, but who, he was more into rock and roll, part of it, biking and horse riding. And then my uncles, the cousins to my father, were the ones who were too much into underground music. And uh, the movie The Angel was my, the first album, Altars of Madness, that uh, I got introduced to by my uncle, Duke Strategy, uh, in Rai Corps. And then uh, they are listening to Carnival Corp Simulation and D-Search. And then when I completed my secondary studies, uh, I was too close to Stuck's Diamond of Rust. Uh, so he kept on encouraging me that, you know what, uh, you, you, can, you can make a band, you can start a band. It's, it's not that difficult as much as you are committed as I see. I can take you through it. So. That is when Sticks now uh, started giving me lots and lots of uh, underground bands. Uh, among them also, uh, DC, Movie Angel, also my favorites. Uh, also gave me some uh, Spalchura CDs. And then I kept attending their rehearsals when I visited the city. So then he said, so how far with your, 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 your music? How far with uh, starting a band? I said, no, I'm almost there. And then in 2007, I was admitted uh, admitted at uh, Botswana Police College. Uh, so I went there for training. Uh, there I met some of my squad mates, the, the one who were into guitars. They taught me how to play. And then in 2008, I came back to Police College again for a first aid course. That is when I met my cousin, Spencer Trust, our guitarist. And then the, I was in say when we were at the tournament, they said, no, there's another guy who's a metalhead. He's always playing a guitar at his place. I think you guys have to meet and see each other. Then say, no, no problem then, let's go. Then we went there, then I find this guy. I'm going to find out that he was my cousin after some, some few years. Then we discussed, started a band with Spencer. And then we say, okay, I'm going back to my base in Ganzi. Uh, by the start of the year, you should come there, visit me, then we can take it over. He came. There was suicide torment. Uh, our, our previous drummer passed away, may so rest in peace. And then suicide torment, by then didn't know how to play drums. And then his uncle was available by then. He was from another band, Vetrified Death Metal from Mau. And then he said, okay, 
since I'm no longer with Battle Fight, I can play the drums for you guys. Then it's okay, you are welcome. And then he came. We started the band in January 2010, and then it became uh, very active in 2008 because through this other process, we were actually trying to meet up and set up for some some things and Spencer was supposed to relocate from where he was staying so that we can start up the band. Uh, luckily, I sold my motorbike and then bought some back lines, some uh, cheap back lines so that we can start up, uh, rented a house. We played, we played. Uh, that is when the band started. We played our first show uh, with six songs. That was in 2008. And then after that show, the landlord uh, evicted us from their yard saying we are making a lot of noise and <laughs> the, our instruments were consuming a lot of electricity. Mm. So that actually was a setback, but we never gave up. Then we started practicing at my place at the police houses. Uh, my housemate was also complaining. <laughs> yeah. Then in 2011, then uh, there was this guy that I didn't know. He was new from police college, so he was my neighbor. Every time when I knock off duty, I see him. I hear the noise of metal. Then I will just walk slowly so that I can hear where exactly it was coming from. In the evening, also there was metal sound on the opposite. Then one day, we were called to the office by the boss. Our housemates were complaining that these two guys, uh, they are making a lot of noise with their, their crazy music. Huh. And then that is when we we were put together in the same house. I was removed from that uh, house then with him then. We took that guy because he knew how to play guitar, Godfather. We put him in the rhythm section. So now we had uh, full access to rehearsing the house without anyone complaining for a very long time. And then uh, after that time, we find another house to rent. We went there to practice. Uh, the house was just opposite a local bar. So we played, we played just uh, within within two weeks, they were also complaining about our heavy music. And uh, the old lady from that yard passed away. Unfortunately, she was a grown up person. And then we were accused of, of, of killing her with our heavy sound. So wow. they kicked wow. us out. Then we went back again to the police house where we were rehearsing. So it was not a difficult year at all. And then at last we found another, a, a, a bigger house uh, next to the graveyard. It was like some kind of uh, an old house. The owner was staying in another town. And then that is where we spent a lot of our time there, practicing, having good times, doing parties there. And then uh, after almost three to two years, we were also kicked out. And then we went back to our police house. That is where we did everything there, we did everything there. And then even after that, we managed to release our single album, Freedom in the Dark, through Stix Diamond Studio in 2011. And then after that, uh, he also invited us to his show, Augustus and Raurun, and he said to us, you guys, your music, it will be highly appreciated and be loved by the world. So keep on recording more music. Stux was actually encouraging us. One of the first guitars that we used, he gave it to us for free. And then some other bands were also contributing, Noise Road Band, uh, 
inviting us to their shows and Metal Horizon and Stay. And we did a lot of shows with Crack Dust as well, with Amok. And then in 2013, uh, we were invited for Metal for Africa Summer Fest. And that is where the, the pickup started. Uh, the crowd was huge. The sound was great. Uh, lightning, it was a different atmosphere. And we'd like to thank Patrick Davidson and Nihil Betek for organizing and inviting us there because that is actually where we experienced what we never experienced before. Big crowd, big sound, good lightning, and then the crowd loved us. And then we managed also to do one of the old video for us and then picked up, we played after that one. Then there, were also, there was an, also an invitation from International Summer Festival in Camp Nagal, Hamburg. Uh, our Europe managers, uh, Sasha Busama, Manuel, and uh, Marcel, they invited us. Uh, then we went to play that show there. That is where we we also got the opportunity to, to play in Vakan because they went to pitch for us in Vakan with a, a CD. And they said, we have these guys, they are coming from Busana. So since they are already here, uh, may they please have uh, an opportunity to play Vakan. And then uh, after a day or so, Pep Bonnet, uh, the photographer from for Motorhead was also available and said, I know these guys, I went to Botswana to photograph and interview them and do the documentary with them. So they're great. And then we came to Vakan and played and the response was so, so positive. It was so positive, it was so great. And that is where we picked it from there. How I came to to do my grounding vocals and music. Uh, actually, from just from a young age, I was a martial artist in karate. So I used to also watch lions when they, they are growling in television. And then I also used to watch dogs when they bark like that. So, so I, I could see that the energy was actually from the time from there down there. And then since I had listened to the death metal bands, so that is where I got my technique to growl from there. And then the music in Overthrust, we talk about death, purgatory, and false preachers. Uh, you know, in Africa, there's a big concern of most of the fake uh, preachers that usually deceive people out of their goods and heart and money. And people still fall for that. We criticize that. Uh, like maybe religion brainwashing people's minds. So uh, that yeah. we think is a case on its own. We People are also not comfortable with talking about ghosts and witchcraft. Those are things that uh, they exist in in, in African uh, community. They do exist. It's a belief that they are there. I've seen a ghost myself personally. So we also talk about the such, talk about death. So People, when you, you, you do death metal, sometimes they look at you and they think maybe you are the influencer or you are, you are bringing or inviting cares to the community. That is lack of understanding. So that usually never bothers us much because we know there are people that do understand or the, the, the time will come, they will understand. But the fact is that heavy metal in general will always call a spade a spade. We always say out things the way they are. Yes, yeah. and something yeah. you said, there's a lot there that I want to ask you about. We appreciate that thorough explanation. And in your own words, 
um, uh, a quote from some of uh, uh, news interviews that you've done. Uh, metal is a uh, universal music that can change the world for the better. That's uh, a quote from from yourself. Um, if I got it right, I believe you, you you agree with that. You believe that? Yeah, that is that is what I actually say because. According to my observation with interaction both uh, physically and online with metalists all over the world, uh, metal is a universal language and it could change the world for the better. Because uh, I've never seen uh, metalheads discriminating uh, either other metalheads or other people who are not into metal. They are always nice, even if somebody criticizes them or hates them, they will still smile back at them. Or, they will not be, become something else against uh, that criticism. Like they can, metal music makes people so positive and open-minded and live life the way it comes to them without any struggle. And I've seen less, less, less depression in metal people. Not that they don't experience what other people experience, like uh, relationship problems, work problems, uh, coronavirus problems, they do, but they, then the, our music it always keeps us as strong as much as possible it keeps us calm it makes us happy it unites us so the, in, in metal actually there's no race uh, there's no there's no color there's no nothing it's just universal thing that if people could just appreciate what metal music could do they could just actually see. I, I've, I've seen uh, our shows, for example, here in Botswana, our annual Overthrust, the Winter Metal Minifest charity festival. We interact with different kinds of people, and they always give us feedback that they are, they have been welcomed. They have always told us that, you know, they used to think that uh, metal music and metal people are, are, are very violent and very dangerous people from a distance, but. The moment they attend our show, they have the, the, the best time in their life. We have, have our shows full of different kinds of people, even religious people attending our shows, uh, gays and lesbians. We have, have uh, every kind of people, but united under one roof, united by the heavy music. The music that people consider crazy is the one that is actually appreciating and uniting people. And then... Wow. With other genres I've seen, uh, I won't mention here, but I've seen what the scene is like. Uh, there's no support, and mostly it's always about uh, self-centered attitude and uh, trying to be better than the other one, but with metal, uh, never seen such a thing. We have lots of people coming from uh, Europe, USA, Asia, attending Winter Metal Manifest. And I, I remember one day the other guy came uh, to me after the festival to thank me and say, Balcha, you know what? Thank you very much. This is the most peaceful festival that I've never seen. When you are you are asleep, uh, they, they take you nicely, put you in a safe place. When something is lost, somebody gets that thing and go to the stage and say, whose thing, this stuff is this one? And then he, he, he could share cigarettes and drinks with everyone and laughing and everybody smiling yeah wow that woodstock that that yeah and uh 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 that, that paints a big picture there's a lot there that i want to go back you talk about uniting people something i did want to go back and ask you about it sounds like metal united you and your own cousin spencer 
who plays yeah. guitar in Overthrust. Um, you you said that you met Spencer because uh, you were both uh, in in the police force together and you liked metal together, and then you eventually discovered that you were cousins. Yeah, this this is what I'm sure that so uh, one day when we were rehearsing at our rehearsal room, then uh, Spencer Spencer was answering a call. He went outside, put a guitar down, then he went outside the house and talked to the phone, and then he came and then said, yeah, "You know what, guys? Uh, my uncle is coming, so I um, I was giving him direction to the studio, so he'll find me." So uh, actually. Actually, it was me. It was me because I I was staying in Gansi. It was me who was answering the phone and say, tell Spencer that no, my uncle is passing from here, from another town. He's passing through. He's going to say hi to me. Then I say, okay. Then I went back. So when my uncle came, he knocked in the door and then when he opened the door, the first person that he saw was Spencer. And then he said, hey, you boy, what do you, what do you want here? Do you know each other? And then we were like surprised. Then Spencer says, Uncle, you are here. How did you come here? What's happening? Then he said, No, you know, you guys are cousins. Then that is when we knew. I think it was after five years or something. <laughs> after five years, we knew that, oh, so we are cousins because we, we never knew that we were cousins before. And then we have only been so, so extremely close and close and close, not knowing that we are cousins. Yeah. That's wow. That, that, went, went from brothers to cousins real quick. That's, <laughs> that's, that's great, man. Um, and just another part of that story, you, you, you told us a very thorough story of the first several years of Overthrust. Uh, and that that's a really um, funny story. Something uh, very serious that we do respectfully. I do want to tell the story to, to honor your former drummer, Suicide Torment, who has... Um, passed away he was tragically we know uh, uh hit by a drunken driver um yeah. as you guys have memorialized in the song kill the bastard on your latest yeah. album um yeah, yeah and and not to harp on that particular incident too much but the part that i did find interesting about it is that um his own uncle uh beast thrust like you said uh, he, I guess Suicide Torment was still learning the drums, so Beast Thrust, his uncle, played drums for you until he took over? Yeah, yeah. What what, what happened is that uh, when when I went to, to Gansi there to work as a police officer from the police academy, uh, I went to a, a, a nearby bar, and then there I found some metalheads dressed up, and then it was our first time to meet to meet each other, so they were so excited. I told them, "Oh, I'm so and so coming from there," and we started drinking together, like we knew each other from a long time. It was all nice, and then suicide family. I became the family friend there. Also, only to find that I knew suicide's uncles before from vitrified death metal band in their hometown. So. I didn't know they were related to suicide. I only find that suicide was the nephew to them, and suicide's mother was the sister to them. So, uh, someday we were discussing. I was with uh, Spencer, and then I said, "Actually, I was before Spencer came. I, I told them that, you know, I, I want to start a death metal band. Uh, so, I have my cousin in 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 in, in Havaroni. He is supposed to relocate here." 
but we don't have a drummer. We don't have a, a bassist. But I could do bassist. Then Suicide's friend said, no, I will play bass. But they, they were very young. I think Suicide was about 16 years or 15 or 16 years. And then the, 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 the Suicide said, no, I'll take the drums. Then I said, but how can you guys say you want to take this post when you don't know how to play? Then Suicide, no, no, I will learn. Okay, no problem. And then uh, Suicide's Uncle Beast came. And then we came, then Spencer was also there. And then he said, okay, since uh, Beast is around, uh, I think we can just jam with him because he's from Vetrified. And then he said, no, I, I did part ways with Vetrified. Uh, it's about two years now, so I'm free to play. Then he said, okay, no problem. Then Overdraft started with Beast. He is the very first drummer. And then Beast said, okay, guys, I'm based in Maui and I have my, my kids there. They are, they are young and I have a job there. So I'm not going to be long with you, but I'll just try my best. If I'm in Maui, I'll come and do. Then I said, okay, no problem. So all these years, all this uh, time in the evening, because the drum set was at Suicide's place, Beast was training his nephew, Suicide Tournament, the drums, playing Suicide Tournament drums. Then, uh, after after our first show, which was after three months, when we had six songs with Beast, uh, Beast then some came to us and say, guys, I have to go to to my kids in my home, so uh, I'll leave you with suicide. Then you say, what? But, but he can't play drums. And say, no, he can play. Then you say, no, because us and Spencer, we've never seen him play. We didn't even know that they were having secret uh, practices there with his nephew. Secret then okay. <laughs> then we, we were some kind of depressed and say, hey, here we are going back to zero again. And then when I knocked off duty on the other day, from a distance where, uh, from our rehearsal room, I could hear that uh, it was after two days when Beast has gone. So I could hear our songs play. Then I wait outside. Another song was playing just perfect, that one. And then I, I got immediately excited and say, no, business back. He must come, he must be back. When I opened the door, I would find suicide behind the drums. Then I Spencer, what's happening? Who was playing the drums? And then I say, it's suicide. And I say, wow, I see it, yeah. Then suicide within a period of two weeks, we played uh, a festival with him and he played 12 songs. Uh, at Rust so, uh, show, Augustus Metal Fest, and that is when we realized that Suicide was one of the fastest drummer, and he could catch up things very quickly, and he loved the drum. So we stayed with him for a very long time uh, until when he, he passed away. Then when he passed away uh, at the funeral, and then uh, when we were still in mourning, and the parents then came to us and said. Well, we're still trying, also trying to comfort the parents, but the parents also comfort us and they say, hey, the, uh, your boy has, uh, you have lost here now. We were thinking as family that, why don't you take his uncle? Because he has played with you before. Then we said, wow. Actually, that was in our mind. And then like the whole family approved and then the everybody outside said, but Beast is there, like it was an obvious thing. Then within a month, 
this relocated to Taganarea, I am now, and then uh, a month we have uh, eight songs ready. We played our first show with Beast in three months' time, and he did catch up very quickly. And his timing for the first months of his shows was an anger management one. It was so brutal, and all the time he was saying, I'm doing this for my, my nephew. Wherever he is, he would be happy to see us play. So don't be depressed, let's do it. So like giving us courage. The first shows were difficult to play because uh, more so that we had a, a song, a loudest silence that we have composed for him. So it was it's an emotional song that we would not even finish the song of the setup because we, we, we played the songs too soon. Yeah. Wow. That's um, that's that's quite a story. And rest in peace and respect to Suicide Torment, um, yeah. your, your uh, drummer who passed away. And you named your most recent EP uh, Suicide Torment in honor of him. Uh, so that is that the, the first recording with Beast Thrust on drums? Yeah, that's actually the, the, the first one. Uh, now, I wanted to, you know, we, we talked, uh, we talk about your album, uh, your EP Suicide Torment. Um, and also your uh, older releases, um, the uh, uh, Desecrated Deeds to Deceaseful Length. Uh, you did uh, the appearance on the Brutal Africa compilation, the split with Catatura, uh, uh, if, I, if I pronounce that correctly. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I want to know about the recording setup, because I, I did read that at some point for your first album, you recorded at a studio that was not familiar with har- uh, hard rock and heavy metal, and you had some problems uh, with with the. You had to go back and re-record it and that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, could you tell us a little bit about what it's like to record heavy metal in Botswana? Yeah, because uh, we, actually we we took a very long time to to record our music because uh, it was so difficult to find a studio that could actually record the kind of music we 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 play, especially that. Uh, most people had some perceptions with uh, underground music, like the thinking that it was satanic people or some sort of evil people. So we went to a, to a certain studio in Raburoni, one of the biggest studios for other live music genres. It's a, a close friend of us, so the old man, when we get there for the very first time, he asked us uh, our names. What's your name? And I say, okay, I'm Vulture. I said, jeez. Then he asked you, what's your name? Then the written by then said, I'm Godfather. And then, what's your name? And then, I'm Suicide. What's your name? I'm Spencer. Then say, your names, guys, are scary. Then say, okay, no. Then we laughed out of it. Then, when it comes to recording now, the moment we, we distorted everything, then he said, no, this, this is how we, we do it. And then he was like, oh, you guys, what kind of music are you playing? And then uh, our, 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 our first song, when we recorded it, it was Miss Meat of Satan. And then he said, ah, guys, come on, come on. Tell me, what are you recording your music for? Are you going to, to want to make a living out of it? Or then, then I said, no, we are playing this music. Whoever takes it, will take it, will appreciate it, whoever, then we don't have any problem. We're actually trying to unleash the talents that we got and our passion. So don't mind about whether it's being bought or not bought. There will always be people that support because we can't be having the same test every day. And then he was like, okay, no problem. 
the other guitars got in there, everything was done. Then, when it comes to the, to the vocals now, uh, that guy was very scared. <laughs> he even he even he even paused for a while and say, guys, okay, okay, are you sure you want to do this or you want to think about it? Then I said, no. This is what we, we have been doing for the past three years now. We want to do it. It's been a long time. Then I said, but you can't play this guy. And then said, ah, let's continue tomorrow. I'm not feeling well then. And we said, oh, no problem. <laughs> then the following day when we came, we find him uh, in, 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 in his uh, screen. He has this uh, other popular pastor from Nigeria. And then he was a preacher. He was putting his hand there and praying. And then he say, can you come in? Then he say, yeah, you can come in. Then went there and he said, you guys, uh, I, uh, this music, okay, I'm trying my best, but I don't think I can, I can, I can make it. I tried my my level best, but then then he said, uh, the noise road guys, they they at Metal Record Studio, uh, they are familiar with your music. I think they will they will record it. Then he say, okay, no problem. Then. But the demo by then was complete, uh, but it was not uh, perfect at all. But it, it was just audible, but it was not to the level at all of uh, either heavy metal or death metal. So we took the master copy for that as it is, and then we said, okay, let's leave it like that. And then uh, in 2014, 2014, in December, we wanted to record, we made an appointment with uh, Ivo Sabran of Skin Flint, uh, Noise Road, and Joseph Sabran. So the, it was really difficult time. And then we didn't have money to to go for recording in, in Ganzi. And then this other guy of mine, a friend of mine, he, he he told me, no, I can give you money for transport. I'm also going to the city. We will go together. OK, no problem. Then we went to the nearby. We were drinking. I thought he has, he has a lot of money, but only to find that we were drinking the transport money and he was left with only uh, 100. And then we started hiking and then we got into the car. So uh, suicide, luckily his uncle had a space of 1%. He was on a trip to the city, but uh, he was only going to have 1% for space. And then myself, I went with that guy. So on the way, the, the driver said, you guys, uh, are you even gonna pay me? You look drunk. Then he said, No, we're gonna pay you. Then I told that guy, So you got the money, guys. Yeah. Then he said, He asked me, How much do you How much do you have? Then he said, ah, I don't have. You said you have the money, you will give me money for transport. Then he said, Ah, don't worry, let's go. Ah. On the way, when we get to the Philly station, the, the owner of the transport said, Guys, uh, I need you to pay me. I want to put the petrol in the car. And then I tell that guy, So I attend to this guy. He only had 100 pull and then say, okay, take them. that guy says, this is only for one person. Then the guy said, no, don't worry. We'll get money at the next town. Don't worry. Then the, the guy now was starting to become suspicious and said, you guys look like trouble. Then, okay, we continued with the trip. When we get at the next town, where that guy promised to pay, the guy said, the owner of the transport now said, guys, I want my money now. Then that guy said, ah, but we don't have... Then a, a huge conflict started there. It was it was looking terrible. So that guy said, if you don't give him money, 
he's going to take my 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 bass guitar but then he was <laughs> even holding it so i told him now you can't take that one you will have to knock me down if you take that one then we had a lot of a, a bit of scuffle there we wanted to exchange blues but the the other guy who was with that guy said no that is that is not the way to do it and i said no this this guy is taking my guitar so he can't do that this one i would rather die with it then that guy said you know what guys if you want if you if you want to get in fight with me i'm ready i know how to fight if you want the law to go to the court i also know the law if you want me to be with you witchcraft i also know witchcraft so like he was threatening us uh, by then i was so angry that i said ah, whatever that happens then we will fight this guy and get my guitar and then when we were about to fight then the other guy came and said ah over trust where are you coming from said, no i come in there this guy just want to steal my guitar and then he said no 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 i can help you then the other guy said but i have only have this much then we gave, we gave that guy the money and then he brought back my bass guitar and then suicide came uh, the trip for his uncle was ending in that town but we has, still have to go to the city and then we are stuck again then the other guy called bond uh, bond he was uh, also one of the old metalists he we used to go with rust and the crack dust back in the day so he said oh, okay let me go to the atm catch the money for you then that is when we find another lift uh, it was now midnight and then we arrived early in the morning at the studio and we recorded the whole day they recorded the whole day our discredited studies and it was released in may in 2015 that is how struggling we have gone through to record wow. this album okay so you started recording at a conventional studio and when you yeah. got to the vocals the owner brought in uh a, a priest a, a preacher yeah try yeah. to talk you out of it to try, yeah <laughs> and, and then then all right and then you couldn't give the other guy the, the gas money so he tried to yeah. steal your bass guitar yeah oh my he wanted god to fight us. <laughs> wow, okay this is a lot here and then you got to the studio at midnight and still knocked it out yeah okay well there's there's a lot there now there's a couple of things i want to go back to um you know you talk about the guy who owns the studio bringing in the preacher uh, and, and and another thing you said a while ago about when you guys lived at the house across from the bar, if I got it correctly, uh, the old lady, um, respectfully, rest in peace, she passed away, and there were people who blamed it on overthrust music? Yeah, they blamed us. They said we killed uh, the old man with our music. And then there was a uh, time, I think it was somewhere around uh, 20, 2013, 2014, there were there were lots of uh, accidents in, in in the town, uh, and then uh, people were saying we we have cursed the town with our music and shows. So that is when people are passing away. So after some years, uh, they, because they were they were scared of us and uh, they were calling us we are evil people. But after some time, uh, when they were spent much time with us, they get. To know us better, and then now the 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 the, the, the rumor started to to reduce. But uh, we also had some problem with some uh, some local media when they interviewed us and we introduced ourselves and our music, and they will say, "Sorry, I can't continue with this interview. This is just against my code of conduct for for, <laughs> for, 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 for my, my my beliefs." 
And then uh, suicide was was very short tempered. At some point, he would say, "Yeah, go fuck yourself." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, uh, "I don't care, Keith." Like he was always there to to respond back. So <laughs> I really miss him. Wow. Well, rest in peace to him, man. It's, sounds like he would have got along here in New York, man. It's a good attitude sometimes, man. Uh, uh, and it's funny that you say some of the local media um, was giving you guys a hard time because, you know, like I said in the beginning of the interview, the Botswana metal scene has been covered by international media quite a bit. And I think a lot of that attention started with uh, photographer Frank Marshall's uh, Visions of Renegades uh, uh, photograph series, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and and was it what was it members of Overthrust and your community that were photographed in in that, or or was that just other people? It's a widespread thing in Botswana. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, both them Overthrust and the metal community, and also the the public. Actually, they they, they started appreciating our music and getting to to come close to us around 2015. 2015 now, I remember one of the the big guys saying, these guys are just friendly people. And if you go to their shows, you will see all kind of funny things that you will make your day. If you are stressed and you go to this guy's show, when you come back, you are refreshed and like, it's something unique. It's not something like uh, other concerts for other music genres. So, then the the local media now started also coming to attend. Uh, uh, but uh, I will have to appreciate that we have always have our national radio station and one and two, and then the uh, gets FM radio station and then do my FM station. They, they 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 have always been playing metal and supporting and playing uh, metal from a very long time back, and the our national. They cover our annual show. They come. Uh, it's just that uh, there were just some few uh, individuals who were so personal, especially religious ones. Uh, they were they were so they, they got so personal when they attended us or they had to interview us. But I'm I'm glad that uh, that was only about five percent. But the majority of the the media was actually not having problem with us. And actually, they went. They were so interested in discovering and knowing more about what was all about this music and these people so but ever since the international media uh, frank marshall came and then he exposed uh, our scene and then the other photographers followed uh, edward banks is one of them also then the others then they, they saw that wow this this thing is a serious thing so it's not for jokes and that is when they started paying attention to us but I can confirm that currently, uh, in the past three to four years now, uh, we have not had any difficulty with them. The only thing that I see that people at first they had problem, they were scared of metal heads, especially dressed in uh, scary uh, outfit and uh, looking horrific. They will say, these guys, they look like they can eat someone. So, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> We don't have problem at all. Like I, I will also confirm that uh, Botswana and Botswana in general, they are very appreciating and supportive people. But uh, you know, in the community, there will always be few people that uh, will tend to be negative in a way 
even when it's not necessary to be negative. Just maybe personally trade for something or for some people. But in general, Lazana are very nice people, very welcoming, very cultural, and they like to know more. Yeah. Well, uh, that okay. That being said, um, and as I said, there's you know uh, there's been uh, there's the heavy metal Africa book by uh, Edward Banks. Um, just to give credit to some of the research I did, the brutal Africa compilation from Spart Records. Uh, and I actually watched your interview. I did an interview myself with the Necrosexual YouTube channel. Oh. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I can't sing as well as him. I apologize for that. But um, uh, yeah, he, he's a friend of the show, the Necrosexual. Shout out to him. Uh, so I wanted to credit them. If people wanted to get more of the, you know, this, there's a lot of um, international attention on your scene. But you did mention when you traveled to Germany for the Wacken Metal Fest several years ago. I wanted to get your take on things. Was that your first time traveling abroad? Yeah, that was actually. Our first time traveling overseas, apart from only our very first in Cape Town, crossing our country outside the borders, that was our first time. But crossing overseas was our very first time, and the experience was so, so huge, positive, uh, mind-opening and relaxing. The, wow. So we actually learned a lot that we have also brought here in our metal scene and tried to share with others and try to do things in a more better way. Uh, but the the challenge that we have always have here locally is that it's not always easy to afford or to get good quality sound system and good venues. Good venues and big ones are very expensive, but with metal, though we can't afford that one, but the, the, the venues that we've always had, uh, we've always been so happy with and i think we don't need a big complicated and sophisticated venues we just need uh, some kind of uh, maybe big and scary ones or just a unique or, or ugly ones for, for the kind of music we play <laughs> ugly music for ugly people so we don't mind our venues the major thing would be the sound because in germany where we saw a big sound uh, loud and a very huge crowd and actually the moment we saw them the experience was that uh, we actually love to play music to uh, our supporters so uh, the crowd on its own actually activated our souls and we did whatever we can do we did it much best for the first experience one would expect people to have a stage fright but ourselves we that was actually what we would be before we went to Vakan, when we started around 2008, our guitarist has always had had uh, this thinking in his mind, and he's always he's always one person who's always full of ambitions and believes that if I say I want to do this, I want to achieve this, I will definitely gonna do that. So I remember in one of the rehearsals when we were playing our songs, uh, before even we recorded the song, he said, "You know what, guys? I think with this song." Ah, we will play back in someday. And then we laughed at him and say, hey, you dream big, my brother. You are, you are dreaming, you must be drunk. That is a huge festival, I'm not going to go there. Then only to find that after almost 10 years or seven years, we played back in. And then I told him, you remember that day when one of the practices or very first rehearsals? Then he said, yeah. Then I said, you must be a traditional doctor. How do you see things like that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Uh, that, that's 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 a that's a dream. That's a story right there, man. Um, uh, and uh, that's that's uh, your cousin Spencer who said that. It's Van Spencer, the guitarist. Yeah, I've, you know, I know that you do a lot of the interviews and the press for the band, but we do see Spencer talk sometimes in the, this news footage and documentary footage. He does seem like a character. Seems yeah, out- yeah, I did. <laughs> seems outgoing. Yeah. Uh, and so, it, now I, I also know from um, uh, 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 something I saw on YouTube about you guys, it, it said that the rest of the band lives seven hours away from one of the guitarists who lives in the capital. Is that the case? Yeah, that's it. That yeah. that must make things a little difficult, huh? Yeah, at first it was difficult. I remember uh, when Spencer relocated from Gansey in 2011, we had some conflict that uh, we are not yet settled as a band, but we are relocating to to to, to Havoloni, say, Yeah, but uh, after some times, we actually made peace with it, and then we we had we had experienced a lot of things as over trust like. The, the current members from Overtrust, apart from our brother who passed away, they've always been with the band from the start up to now. So we have all this time, we have learned to stick together. So even if when we, we, we have our own differences or we have our conflicts, but I think after uh, 10 years, we are still together. We will not be challenged by uh, like social or economical or attitudes or we will not have conflicts that will actually separate us because we, we grew up together we learned to understand each other better we we are no longer judging each other uh, at, at back in the days when we were still coming together we used to have some 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 problems like the uh, suicide and spence i used to fight after drinking uh, like the, those things are gone now we are grown up and Racing and meeting up is no longer a challenge now because Spencer comes uh, to my base here once in a month. I stay in the same location with the drama. Our rhythm guitarist, Doc Trust, uh, is based is about uh, two hours away from where I stay. So when we need each other, either for a rehearsal or for a gig, we always set schedules well in time and then they take off from their work and then they come to do so. Uh, currently, we no longer experience that. We are all set. When you need each other for show or a tour, we are always available. Rehearsal, we are always available. Uh, for meeting up just to have fun and socializing, we always meet. So we used to experience only back in the days, but now more that we have our families and we are uh, no longer troubled by the, by starting to set up in the band. The band is settled now. It's giving us more time for our family work and also to do our music. Wow, that's uh, that commitment and that camaraderie uh, will get you guys through. Um, yeah, that's that's inspiring. And uh, you know, as we always say on the show, to be respectful of your time. Uh, be- before we uh, uh, wrap up with you, one thing I did want to revisit that you mentioned earlier was you talked about your vocal approach. Um, I you know I sing for for some death metal bands and stuff, and and I'm always really interested in different vocal techniques. Could you just reiterate what you said before? I think you said that you you learned by watching uh, like videos of, of a lion and how a lion roars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, since I was uh, I was I was listening to a lot of uh, Moby Angel and Cannibal Corpse simulation, so. I, I developed too much love for the vocals, 
particular in particular among all the instruments and i said i want to sing like this one day and by then i was uh, i was young i think i was only about 13 years or 11 years old so huh. i was a karateka and at karate when we we punch or we kick we we use this an effort uh, called kia like that ear it should come from death so apart from that i used to watch uh wild animals clip uh, videos back in the days uh, like lion growling i don't know why but i was so fascinated by the way the growling of the lion and the dogs it was something that was looked some kind of funny and fascinating to me like a dog will bark like, and then i observed okay the dog when it barks the it's like the power is coming from down there from the the, the bell which is the diaphragm the lion also uh, it straightens its uh, neck and looks and it will do the same like then like this power is coming from there also the donkey when say then i see everything the powers from there and then so at karate also when the power when we learn the punch yeah so the power is from here and then I went back to listen to Movie Angel played and then okay, Carnival Cops, this it, emulation, then oh, this power's from here. Then I, I didn't, it didn't even take me some time. I think I took uh, about a week because I was so committed now. And I started writing down my own lyrics, uh, scare lyrics, and that when my, 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 my aunt or my mom come to my room and say, oh, so what why are you writing this are you not supposed to be uh, studying uh, your school books i said no i'm just just for fantasy and then they were a little bit not comfortable with it but they they, they knew that oh this guy he he was doing well at school uh when i went to the to the junior school that is when now that i was i i, I said to myself i think i'm ready to do this so i spent more two years Another three years, five years at a, a secondary school, and immediately when I finished, I went to police college, and then I say, now I'm working. I uh, have my own salary. I can buy stuff that I want. I bought a guitar, bass, bass guitar, and started rehearsing, and then I do the growling vocals alone as a solo until I met Spencer. Okay, uh, that's 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 uh, interesting insight into um you know everybody always says to sing from your diaphragm to use your diaphragm that's a, that's a, a, a time-honored technique but you you kind of framed it in how uh, natural it is that it's used in martial arts even um and and animals roar from yeah. their diaphragm i thought that was interesting um thank you uh, so um vulture uh you know we always conclude our interviews uh, by asking the guest to recommend one older album and one newer album by any artist you like, just to recommend uh, uh, music for us and for the listeners, uh, just anything from your um, your past and anything that you're currently listening to. Yeah, well, I think uh, you mean in general or from our, our band? Uh, no, well, no, just in general. Before we wrap up, I'm going to plug your most recent release and ask you where people can listen to Overthrust and... and uh, uh, get in touch with Overthrust, but yeah, right now we're just talking about as a fan, just anything you would recommend. Okay, uh, I will definitely uh, recommend uh, one of our, our local band, uh, Metal Horizon. Mm -hmm. uh, they should check for the for the album when uh, Spencer was still alive. The myopic enslavement. 
Mark Pick enslavement. That's the old, one of the old ones. And then they should check out for the for the their latest release, uh, Kings of Africa. Because uh, in, in 2018 I, I had taken their the album. I went with the album to to Finland when we were launching Freedom in the Dark movie there by Janiri Himaki and Samuel. So they they they, they reviewed it and they were so impressed. I think it's a it's a totally different approach uh, from the Metal Horizon than the that those days in the back. So there's a lot of punch in there for some songs and speed, and I think uh, they deserve people deserve to hear that one. The approach is so so interesting. Okay, so that's uh, Metal Horizon of Botswana, uh, the the older album uh, Myopic Enslavement, and the newer one is Kin of Africa. Yeah. Okay, and and uh, we'll say you know again uh, respectfully rest in peace to Spencer of Metal Horizon, um, and and rest in peace to uh, to uh, uh, Suicide Torment and to, to all the people that uh, that we've lost, all the brothers of metal. I always say brothers and sisters metal, of, of metal that we've lost worldwide. Um, and before we close out, uh, for the listeners, if people want to listen to Overthrust uh, or get in touch, um, tell us a little bit about uh, what's available and what people can uh, can do. Uh, where you mean in terms of the the album? Yeah. Uh, do do you have merch available for for mail order yeah. or for purchase? Yeah. Uh, firstly, uh, thank you, world, uh, for for the support. Uh, even through this difficult time, we have always received some huge support. Thank you too for the opportunity of interviewing us. Overthrust has uh, merchandise in tsprint.com. Uh, tsprint.com. Okay. Overthrust. So it's available there for especially international uh, supporters. You can just, it, it is delivered to you within a period of uh, two weeks latest. And then uh, we are currently working on printing fiscal copies. Our record label, Indian River Music Company, Jason Bunny in USA, uh, they are preparing to do the fiscal copies. We are also working on recording a full new album that we hopefully will be released or recorded towards the end of this year still with our record label Indian River Music Company and then we also have another single that was released in August last year Demon Grave through MMD Records so it's also available in all streamlining sites I think that album people have don't yet know more about it but it's available it's this it's a single one so every merchandise that you may think of for overthrust that is available is there. Awesome. It's there in overthrust. So okay. in tspring.com. Yeah. Tspring.com. Uh, and and yeah. what was the uh the record label that you're working with again? Uh for for, for a single MMD records. Yeah. And there was, I'm sorry, I think you said there was an American label too that's that's going to be putting okay. out something? Uh, 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 our record label is, is Indian River Music Company in Florida. Indian so River? Is, uh, yeah, Florida is the one that uh, mixed and mastered uh, the latest album, uh, EP, Suicide Torment. Okay, so... We've been working, we have been working with uh, Indian River Music Company for four years now. Okay, Indian River Music Company from Florida is the label. And also uh, teespring.com if you want to look for Overthrust merchandise. Um, and I know Overthrust you can find uh, uh, on uh, streaming platforms and things like that. People can check it out. We talked about um, uh, books and uh, social media and, and YouTube videos that have covered the Botswana 
uh, Africa metal scene. And Vulture, Tr- Vulture Thrust, we thank you very much uh, for this insight um, into your personal experience and your band. Um, and respect, uh, as we said, to uh, all former members of Overthrust and all your current bandmates. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And have a nice day. You too, sir. We'll be in touch when this episode goes out. No problem. Thank you. Have a Thanks, great day. Vulture. Take care. There you have it. That's our interview with Vulture Thrust, bassist and singer of the band Overthrust from Botswana, Africa. Um, uh, the true uh, death metal cowboy making us look like uh, the guys in the city. Remember that movie City Slickers? I, I do. I remember Billy Crystal. And ah. I, he was basically, it was just marital problems. Yeah. You, just, you remember movies being able to be just about marital problems and then you put it somewhere else? Yeah. that's Missed that time. To, you, y'all to, talk about horror, but that's my that's my real favorite genre. Today's episode, uh, we were the city slickers and vulture thrust of overthrust was Jack Palance, the true cowboy. Shout to him. Uh, shout out to all of his bandmates and um, all of our brothers and sisters over there in the Botswana Africa metal scene. We really appreciate his insight and him telling his story. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be looking out. I got to go to that Teespring uh, to check out for Overthrust merchandise and look up this Indian River label that they're working with. Um, yeah. New to my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, you know, other things that are, you know, new to my attention, I guess uh, people out there in the world, they're a little upset at things. Everyone's got a gripe. Everyone's Wang wang, I'm sad, right? Well, we do have some voicemails. Um, yeah, I guess I guess you got. I, I came in today. I said I I got this great new one man gore grind project that's about uh, a death metal. Uh, that's about a VHS horror movie. It's on Bandcamp. I want to talk about it for half hour. And Tom said no. Well, we got voicemails. Are, are well, they venti? I don't know yet. I haven't screened them, so we're gonna find is that, out. Are you that Starbucks reference? Uh, this is a coffee. Yeah, yeah, is a coffee. Get out of here with this. Coffee reference. Guys, try to talk Starbucks over here. Mm. Wow, not a sponsor. Yeah, venti. The heavy hole. The heavy hole. Jesus, you guys <laughs> are doing such a great job. I gotta say. <laughs> Wow. Over there, I'm over here, <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm enjoying uh, enjoying the content, enjoying the recommendations. I've been enjoying myself <laughs> while Don't somehow you. converting everything and relating everything to my life. You know what I'm saying? So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. You guys are beautiful individuals. And I just can't wait for more. I can't, I'm looking forward to more content, more episodes. You know, uh, just listen to the one with Cody from Afterbirth, mm. the one with uh, the gentleman from Adramalik and Demigod. Um, Mark Valentino episode was great. Uh, Rick Huppie 
on the Deep Dive Doom episode. That was great. You guys are hysterical. Keep it up. You know what I'm saying? Much love. T- Tony Baldoni on the check-in. <laughs> yeah, Tony Baldoni, the, the uh, 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 Poconos uh, ski um, apparel king, ski jacket apparel king, Tony Baldoni. Is this on the, this, yeah, no, is this, this a shoot? No, that, yeah, uh, Tony Baldoni, uh, the known as the ski wear apparel king of the Poconos, uh-huh. on the check-in from his cabin out there, having a little fun listening to Heavy Hole Podcast. Shout to him. Um, wow, I mean that wasn't really that. It's it started off. I thought I was scared to start my Jeep. I thought it was like a car bomb situation <laughs> when I leave. Well, it started off a little weird, a little bre- little breathy. Yeah, it started off a little weird, but then it, then it got nice. It got real nice. That's good. Yeah. You know, um, thanks for shouting out all those episodes that you enjoyed. Uh, you missed about at least a hundred more that you could have named. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. just named every single one, then we could have really uh, know like knew that you were for real. Um, yeah, the, hey. But you know, I the effort is appreciated. You know, we love effort and we love potential over here. I just love knowing that uh, a man who can rock uh, a mustache <laughs> like that and a, a 1986 era pink and purple ski jacket pantalones combination suit, yeah, uh, would be listening to our podcast. I'm Tony Baldone, big man on campus. Yeah, what um, a mustache. You, you, your mustache should meet his mustache in time. I'm always down to get my uh, facial hair tangled. You got in in quality uh, facial hair of another man. You got that is really yes. controversial and weird right now. Yeah. Um. I want to. I like to meet. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next, Next voicemail. I've been alone. <laughs> Gentlemen. Oh boy. This is uh, Patrick from Crypticus. I'm a huge, huge fan of the podcast. Uh, I'm one of these. Fellas who uh, spends a lot of money on uh, Bandcamp on uh, death metal, and I am absolutely livid over huge labels or, or small labels that will not let you buy the CD and the digital through Bandcamp. It's like you have to go to their Bandcamp to get the digital, then you have to go to their their uh, store separately to order the CD. That way, they get you twice, like they do that with Cannibal Corpse. I noticed. Uh, I would love to order the Cannibal Corp CD through Bandcamp, have the digital right there while I wait for it to arrive. What is that shit? Make it stop. I know you guys pull some strings. Make it stop. Huh. I love the show. Uh, love the death metal. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. About to get Cannibal Corpse on the phone right now. Just give wow. me a second. I got to see what's going on with us. That's how you do a vent voicemail. Yeah, that's To crazy. the point, what's up? This is it. Gotta go. Shout I, out I, to I, Patrick yeah. from Crypticus. Yeah, shout to Pat. Yeah, shout to Pat from Crypticus. Woo. And I, I agree. That's been a bone of contention of mine for a while. Uh, and full disclosure, I'm not going to name names, but I've even had releases that I've been on where I was like, "What? They're not giving people the free download card with the vinyl? It's whack." Uh, I yeah, I don't like that one bit. I you know, I think there should be some sort of online database where if you buy a goddamn record at the thrift store, you should be able to punching a download code i want i i want my burt Bacharach christmas album digital that i found at the thrift store i will you know what uh we we have to start a movement here i suppose the give it all movement yeah once you have the one form hand it over suckers yeah i I mean yeah if you can prove that you own something uh, physically the music industry owes you a download that's my that's my platform 
Downloads is free. Yeah. Yeah. What I've been doing with the Dangerous Thing tapes is 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 I've been given the digital download along with the cassette. But with the cassette, there's another download card in there. Just give it to your friend. Wow. Put, just give it away. That's how you do it. You Double know what I mean? Down. Because that's what like, I, that's what I'm saying, man. It's just it's a thank you. It's just greedy. I yeah. I know what this guy's talking about because I feel insulted when I buy a cassette or a vinyl nowadays that's like there's that's readily available on Bandcamp and it doesn't come with the download. I know. What, yeah. well, there's got to be some fine print uh, reasons why uh, in the the the, the labels uh, deals, you know, in contracts, uh, lawyers' law, uh, legalese. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm getting at uh, the courts. Uh, about why uh, certain things can't be sold on Bandcamp and have to be sold through uh, other channels. Fees. I think it's time that we get together our pens and papers and make some lengthy letters and send them out. Yeah, I'm no legal eagle, but this shit is for the birds. Whoa. Oh, get applause. Come on. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, no, that I, I agree, man. That shit pisses me off a little bit. I think we might have to get into another little vent episode about these greedy labels, man. It's whack. Um, it's hard out there, but yeah. at the same uh, time, it's hard in here, too. Yeah, True. It's, it's it's a little hot in here. Uh, no, um, uh, but listen, heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, you got that phone number uh, handy, or should I just tell them to go to the website? Uh, I got it uh, right here. It's 631 837 Three two seven four. Yeah, you got a complaint, tough guy. Beautiful. You don't like the way I do things over here on the Heavy Hole Podcast? Step up to bat. What's up? Yeah, shout us a little voicemail. You don't like Tony Baldoni's uh, 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 light, light violet, uh, fluorescent blue uh, ski wear apparel assortment? Go fuck yourself. No, call up the number and talk about it. You know what's up, man? What bring you know bring it to the face. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it uh, cuts down the uh, aerodynamic quality of most other ski suits, right? So as you're flying down the mountain, uh, you're going at a slower rate than anybody else, and you could stop and just enjoy the view a little bit more. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you get caught in an avalanche, that bright pink, just the helicopter will see you. It's good. Tony Baldone. Thank you, Tone. Uh, you uh, know, thank you, Patrick. And um, hey, do you guys want to do recommendations? We do have time. All right, all right, all right. So, you know, uh, I'm bringing in significant point because I, I thought we'd do a heavy metal podcast. And there's nothing more metal ever right n- than, than right now. Significant points into the storm. Uh, huh. This is a brand new release, just came out. Uh, Dying Victim Productions. Uh, don't die before listening to this record, I say. Uh, mm. But from Tokyo, Japan, holy shit. Uh, first full length by this band. They've been around since 2011, uh, some say. But wow! Now let me, you know, let me check my my sort of research. Boom! Oh yeah, great new release here. Metallum says this was released in 2021. That's now. Right? That's now. All right. Yeah. Eject that from the record. Um. Great new wave of British uh, heavy metal inspired, uh, just awesomeness. Uh, thrashy riffs. Uh, you love Maiden. You love Priest, Dokken, Exodus, Rat. All that kind of stuff is woven up into this this really beautifully uh, crafted release. Um, the production is like very you know very uh, timely to that era, but but modern as well. And the singer man is just getting it. Uh, I, I believe most of the most of this album he's singing in English. You hear a little Japanese twang to his voice. It's, it's 
um, it's amazing. It's, it's Sounds great. What a good, uh, what a talented man. I like, like those little acoustic flourishes they got going yeah, on. Yeah, dude. Um, a greatest hits of, of that power thrash kind of thing going on here. Um, I can't say uh, enough good things about the, the songwriting, the cra- the instrumentation, the craftsmanship put into the leads. Um, they uh, they really make a significant point uh, with this new record. Oh, um, and this is the best band name that I've ever heard before in my life. I'm so fucking jealous and envious and happy that it exists. Right. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, they are. Uh, there seems to be. I'm going to say these are illustrations of the band uh, with some sort of uh, automatic munitions on the album cover, shooting a, a beastly, some kind uh, of Harry Potter demon dragon. Yes, yeah, fresh out of Azkaban. Uh, there's a jet flying in the opposite direction of the action. So who knows what he's doing? But uh, it's it's just man. It sounds like what it looks like. Um, significant point into the storm I'm in it check it out amazing guitar work UK, home of many, many acts of music, but most importantly is the one I'm bringing right now, a band called Sulk, S-U-L-K, period. This is their first release, 2020's EP, Tennis Elbow. Dude, getting it done. Power violence, hardcore, grindcore, three gentlemen in this band, Flid, Adam, Rich, kind of the original Pig Destroyer kind of lineup there, dudes who are just doing it. And as this picks up, you'll be doing it too. That's a hot intro right there. Love that drum sounds. So what really sticks out to me with this band, it, it sounds like the production is breaded. Um, it, it is so crispy, like everything about it. The drums and are, are, are clear, but it doesn't sound artificial at all. The guitar is very, very overdriven. And the vocalist, like, this dude is going wild. Love this guy's style. No articulation whatsoever. Just screaming, raw emotion, um, like bleeding throat style vocals. Way into it. Really, uh, yeah, ferocious, feral stuff. Yeah, feral, that's that's the category. Yeah, this, this is wild. I love that they mix the guttural vocals in there, too. It's a good mix. Tight, man. So I want to talk to you guys about an ectomy band, but no, it's not a modern slam band. Uh, Cephalectomy 
was a band from the late 90s and early 2000s from uh, Nova Scotia, um, our friends to the north. Uh, and I want to talk today a little bit about their 2004 full-length Eclipsing the Dawn um, that I am a big fan of. They have a style that is kind of... Uh, you, guys, you guys have probably heard me talk a little bit about how I'm a big fan of Sylvain Howd-era cataclysm. Not so much anything after Sylvain Howd left the band and they kind of restructured things. Uh, cephalectomy like was like a, a kind of like early cataclysm worship type of band like they they really go after that uh hyperblast uh canadian uh early cataclysm sound though they did use a drum machine uh on this album i just think there's something really cool about the way that they uh took that early cataclysm and combined it maybe with some influences from what was going on in the late 90s and early 2000s more of a guttural death metal thing uh but still with that chaotic epic uh melodic quality that early cataclysm had so i'm recommending this album because i'm probably the most familiar with it out of their work but uh having gone back and checked it out recently i do want to check out some of their other stuff that i'm not as familiar with i found this in a uh a used cd store like 10 12 years ago man a long time ago man randomly uh and bought it because of the cover art and i realized i was dealing with a band that kind of was aping the, the the old cataclysm sound which is not something you hear every day so if you're like me and a lot of people are in that opinion uh that they prefer the sylvain howd era cataclysm material this is worth a shot it's not going to do the same exact tricks it's not going to give you the same exact uh uh vibe but it is definitely inspired and influenced there, and um, you're going to be able to appreciate it, I think, if you're coming from that mentality. So check out Cephal- uh, Cephalectomy, and I think this album is a good place to start. Okay, so that's uh, Cephalectomy, um, and uh, thank you very much to tonight's guest, Vulture Thrust, from the band Overthrust of Botswana, Africa. Uh, we appreciate his time uh, and learning a little bit more, uh, a little bit more insight uh, behind that um, uh, uh, heavy metal cowboy phenomena that people have been so interested in, man. Uh, so be sure to check out Overthrust. You can go to teespring.com for uh, quick delivery, some merchandise to support them. Uh, Also be on the lookout for some new material that they're working on. Uh, He told us about Indian River Records that they're working with. So uh, we really appreciate that. I found it very interesting, and it's an interview I've been wanting to set up for a very long time here. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, shout out to the Necrosexual YouTube channel who interviewed him. Uh, Also, uh, if people are interested, um, I did reference heavily the um, Heavy Metal Africa book by uh, Edward Banks, um, the Brutal Africa uh, compilation recording on Spart Records. Uh, which was uh, in support of the Freedom in the Dark uh, documentary. Um, and I think that should do it. Uh, so so please support Overthrust. Uh, they're doing some great charity work uh, in their country, as they talked, as he talked about also with the um, uh, Overthrust uh, Winter Metal Mania Fest uh, annual event that they have. 
uh, which is uh, in support of orphans. So uh, definitely look them up. Um, and if you can't get down there for the fest when the pandemic uh, uh, is a little bit more normalized, uh, you could always support them. So um, thank you very much to Vulture and to the rest of Overthrust. Uh, thank you to you guys. Thanks for, for always hanging with me. Always. Um, uh, and, and assisting me when I need to get up on my horse uh, in my size 4X uh, pleather cowboy suit that I got at Tony Baldoni's mm-hmm. ski apparel men's shop. Does that horse Poconos. have a remote start? Uh, what that's, is, good. that's a good question. Is, no, this isn't Back to the Future. This is, uh, oh. yeah, a different movie. Oh, gotcha. Um, but, you know, a jo- another, uh, well, not a John Candy movie, but yeah. a delightful, uh, 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 adventurous childhood romp we all remember, Home mm-hmm. Alone. Uh, the kid was sleeping on the bunk bed. Do you remember that, Tom? Uh, yes. I reminded of yeah. you uh, ev- growing ever closer to the mm-hmm. ceiling there, man. Um, also, up on that. Uh, our Patreon supporters helping us grow ever closer to hit that ceiling. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and quit our day jobs, mm-hmm. uh, buy boats, and record the podcast while fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, our new nomadic fishing lifestyle that we wish to pursue up and down the East Coast of the United States of America. We're going to bust that ceiling, That's too, right. just like Tom on the bunk bed. Think about the content we could make yeah. when the laws are thin on the open water. <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't even think of that. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, you could uh, Seriously, though, you can go to heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, there's links to it all there. You want to leave us a crazy voicemail. Um, I got a little. I got a little unhinged. I, I was cursing out the list. We're gonna have to yeah. bleep that. I, Fake joke bands. Yeah, that's seven percent off. Seven percent off if you want to order merch <laughs> off of heavyholepodcast.com/shop. Fake joke bands. See, you're doing it again. You're riling me up, getting crazy. We had a nice uh, exchange with our friend over there. Uh, we're, we're bridging uh, uh, the, the the world together now through metal. And now Will's angry. Fake you did joke it. Piss me off. Uh, no, seriously, though, heavyholepodcast.com. You want to support us on Patreon for that bonus content. Uh, it's all there. You can really hear me go off then. Um, uh, you want to follow us on the old Instagram, little live videos. Will's, Will's got a pet cat. Will teaches you how to do vocals. It's cute. It's mm-hmm. great. We're doing it for the gram now. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, it's all there. Uh, heavyholepodcast.com. We thank you, and we thank Vulture Thrust mm-hmm. and Overthrust. Uh, and, and of course, you, the listener, for your constant support. We appreciate you, man. Yeah. Um, I got a riddle. Oh, boy. Riddle me this. Riddle me that. Hey, Will. Yeah. How many horsepowers does your horse have? <laughs> One? One?